Welcome to Make the Grade with the success doctor, Stephen Green, where you'll discover actionable strategies to help your student to reach their academic goals, to excel at standardized testing, and to plan for the college admissions process painlessly. And now, here's your host, Dr. Stephen Green. Hello, everybody. Steve Green, the success doctor with the Make the Grade podcast. Hope everyone is doing well. The goal of the podcast, very simple. I want to give parents and students actions they can take right away in order to maximize their education. We've got a really interesting thing that's going to happen today. i got to tell you, in the last eight or ten weeks of the shut-in, I have spoken to so many parents. Uh, seriously, I've lost count how many parents I've spoken to. And everybody's got, got, got challenges and things they're trying to overcome. And I thought it would be really valuable to, to bring some of these parents onto the podcast, get their viewpoints, see how they have experienced uh, the shut-in, the transitions to virtual learning, and really more importantly, how they've been able to adapt and move forward in a positive way. So I want to welcome my guest today, Jamie Palmer. Jamie, how are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on the show today. I'm excited uh, to be here. Well, I, I am, I'm grateful that you were able to take some time away from not only running a business, but now parenting kids at home and being a homeschool teacher and everything else that we got to do, gym teacher, math teacher, reading yeah. teacher, cook, whatever, name it. Um, why, why don't we start, why don't you kind of just tell the audience what, what you're comfortable with anyway, you know, your circumstance, you, your kids, I mean, what their academics are looking like, and, and, and we're sort of talking right now sort of pre pre-shut-in. So yeah. what, a normal, what would your normal day have looked like, let's say, in February? Yeah. So my normal day would have been, um, I get up early, so I like to do things in the morning to kind of just get stuff done early. But um, I would get up probably five o'clock and then by seven, I'd be waking my two kids up. I have two little boys, ages six and a half and three. And I would be ushering them out the door by, say, 7.45 to drop my six and a half year old off to his school. And then I'd be driving over to drop my other one over to his Waldorf preschool and then coming back working, you know, roughly nine to three and then doing that same routine over it again to pick them both back up. So very, very structured, uh, very, all right, we got to get everybody out the door. We got to get everybody in the car. We got to <laughs> let's go, go, go. Um, and then, you know, kind of getting everybody settled back in at the end of the day as well. So not like not a lot of homework type of stuff, but definitely reading after school. Um, my little one's in kindergarten. So he's an old kindergartner. So you went from having, let's say roughly about a six hour block of your day where you could do what you needed to do for your business or your, your work life uh, down to whatever we can talk about in a second. Um, well, let's just get right into it. Uh, everybody's experience kind of going into the shut-in was different, but how would you describe the transition? Was it just one day they couldn't go to school anymore and now you're stuck or? Yeah, no. So for us, it was actually a little bit different, I think, than probably most people, uh, where my son, both my kids were 
so I think they announced on a Friday that they were shutting schools on a Monday. And it just so happened for us, that was a two week break from school because our school doesn't do a February and April. They do two weeks in March. Okay. So um, my family was actually supposed to have one week off at home together. And then the second week of the shut, the, the when this first began, was supposed to be a trip to New Hampshire. So for us, it was like a planned time off when it all first initially began, which I think kind of gave us a little bit of an advantage, <laughs> to be honest, because we kind of could talk about ramping up to being home for school. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was literally just like, all right, you're just you're doing school from home now. <laughs> uh, they sent my <laughs> they sent my little one home with a, you know a massive packet of paper and kind of all these different little things that they they thought he would need and that was it. So yeah, I guess, so I guess you had the luxury, if that's even the right choice of words, of, of a transition. Yeah, for the time sure. to transition. Um, you as a parent. Um, I, I look, I think it's fair to say every parent wants to spend time with their kids. Um, but it, it, what do you, what would you say the biggest challenges were? It, is it, is that easy to identify or is I think it, for, yeah, for me, it's just balance, right? Being able to try and work and homeschool and I, I call it homeschooling just given how much support my son needs during this time. Um, so working like for me i'm a big when you're working work when you're doing home do the home thing and so i think for me it's very much there's lots of blurred lines in, in the past 10 weeks just to fit everything in and really just trying to shift gears between work and and my kids and being a teacher and you know uh, my husband and i are joking all the time, like, Oh, we got to get our, you know, our six, who knew we'd be our six and a half year old assistant getting him on his calls, you know, when he has them. <laughs> and so, you know, it's just, it's one of those things, but I think the balance is, is really hard and shifting gears between what hat are you wearing? Um, for certain. The, the perspective I'm trying to bring in and one of the intents here is, is to interview and, and have discussion with several parents and get their experiences not so much just to bemoan all the hardships that we went through, but to to talk about how people had to adjust yeah. and, and maybe some positive things that can come out of it, right? Because I can tell you, my kids are older and as they get older, sometimes they need more help or they need more specific help. But um, was there anything that any way you were um, trained or counseled on how to manage this at home by the school or or, or, you know, any direct uh, support you were given that way that helped? Um, I would say actually the help that you've provided has actually been <laughs> no, probably the, <laughs> not to toot your horn, but, no, but you can your... that wasn't the, that wasn't supposed to be a leading question, but <laughs> I will accept um, the accolade. Yes. I mean, I am uniquely positioned to be able to handle a situation like this because I work for myself and my husband works is an engineer for the, the government. So his schedule is a little less flexible than mine, but I, you know, my clients have been super understanding. I've been very flexible with my schedule. Uh, so I can kind of move things around to make adjustments for what's going on. I think as far as the school goes, I think that as time has gone on, they have definitely improved 
um, in terms of giving parents support and giving the kids support and really getting to a level of what I would consider even the minimum that needs to happen from a distance learning perspective. Mm -hmm. And I would say at this point, I don't even, I'm not even a hundred percent convinced that they're even there yet. Um, but they're getting closer for sure. I do think that they have done, and my son goes to private school. Um, they have done a good job at bringing in additional resources. So somebody that they've had come to the school before, who's a psychologist has been pretty helpful. They have a bi-weekly Q and a with her that parents can join in on, but they haven't provided a ton of support around here is how to set up the structure for success for doing this at home. And a lot of the interaction, I think with his classmates and stuff, especially I would say in the first six ish weeks was really not existent it, it, at his level, even though they were doing it for other grades and you know, a, a six and a half year old can't really watch a video and learn from my perspective, you right, know, they don't have right. the attention span to sit there and do that. You really have to hold their hand and go through all of this stuff. And to be honest, I don't, I don't remember diagraphs or I never learned the, you know, the math in the hundreds chart or whatever they call that common core math. So like, I'm also core learning math. all all this stuff with you don't him. Want to go that direction, yeah. Yeah, but. yeah. But no, I, I, I think that they are getting better, you know, and it's a learning curve for, I think, for a lot of people here. I mean, again, I'm in a weird position because I've been doing online business for a decade now. So it's like, I'm like, oh, you just do, <laughs> you know, and I think that people, they're doing the best that they can with where they're at. But I just, I think that there's definitely some pieces that are are missing to to truly, you know, holistically support those kids. Well, I think it's a fair statement that schools were blindsided by this, just like parents were. And mm. and most schools, you know, if this happens again in X number of years, I think there'll be a, a much more of a readiness. But um, would you say your experience, I mean, you know, uh, relative to your peers or your friends or other families you were talking to was common. Oh, I think yeah. everybody's handling it differently, but it didn't seem like anybody was thriving. No, I don't think anybody's thriving. Uh, that's not necessarily a word I would. I think, I think the thing that's challenging, right. Is and again, I work for myself. I've owned my own business for 17 years. So I'm not a huge fan of like bureaucracy and, you know, the high kind of whole corporate culture where, you know, it takes forever to make things happen. I think that, you know, if, especially where my son goes to school, the teachers want to teach, they want to do a good job. I mean, his teacher is a 19 or 20 year veteran kindergarten teacher. You don't teach kindergarten for 20 years unless you really love it, you know, and she is an insanely gifted teacher, but teaching to a video is not the same as teaching in the classroom. And mm -hmm. when I spoke with fellow parents from this school and from other schools, you know, it, it's it's a similar situation. I think a lot of the public schools where I live in Rhode Island are mandating virtual class where they have to jump on a Google Classroom or jump on a Zoom. Um, we're only, I would say within the past week or two, really starting to amp that up where he goes to school. So I definitely think that was an element that was really, really missing. Um, but I think they're doing the best with where they're at. Like, 
I, I even said this to a teacher, like you're such a gifted teacher. You're like, your strength is being with these kids. We need to get you with these kids. And I think that the more that schools can really identify the strengths of the teachers and allow them to work in that way, the better off they're going to be. I mean, like he's in kindergarten. She's not, she's not like into all the technological and technology like I am. And so like, I feel like schools almost do teachers a disservice by not setting them up for success, by forcing them to rely on, you know, asynchronous teaching models where they're speaking to a camera like you and I know hard how hard it is to create a course to keep mm-hmm. people engaged it's even harder on on the level with the kids and so I think it's pretty universal that that most parents regardless of their kids age are having similar frustrations because it's just it's not the same it, it is and Steve Green here on the make the great podcast my my guest Jamie Palmer parent extraordinaire um, <laughs> Well, you know, you know, from working with me a little bit, I am very big on structure. Yep. And I think that, that one of the solutions to help any family is, is, is creating structure. And I, I can break that down into a whole sub list and things. But um, for, for the sake of, of, of helping, what adaptations or changes or things did you have to make in order to make this doable and functionally progressive and and positive at home? Yeah. So I think for me, the first thing I did once we knew we were going to have to do this is I essentially wiped out and blocked all my time every single morning, Monday through Friday, uh, simply because I knew I was going to need that amount of, at least that amount of time to get him through his classwork. So you had a scheduling piece. Yeah, the scheduling piece. And the school did say, like, create a schedule, but (laughs) you took that, quote, unquote, create a schedule and made it so much more to make sense. So Stephen's suggestion in in the virtual learning plan he did for my family was to um, get a whiteboard and have, like, a family meeting in the morning morning and co-author the schedule with everybody throughout the day. And we literally sit every day at 745 and we're like, okay, we map it out in 30 minute increments and go through like, okay, here was where we're going to do math. And we're going to take a break. And then we're going to do phonics and take a break. And that mapping out of the schedule together has made a massive difference for my family in terms of like ending the fighting. Cause we were having like full blown, fire drill, like I'm on fire, ready, set, roll on the ground, soft drop, roll, like meltdowns in, in the day to try and get schoolwork done. And now he looks at the schedule and says, Oh, you know, it's 1230. I got to do my art class or I got to do whatever. And I also incentivized him per your recommendation. Like if he gets stuff done early, but it doesn't sacrifice quality, I'll give him an extra check mark. And if he gets so many check marks, we have like a special picnic outside or something like that. And it's, it's um, excellent. This is good. This is good. (laughs) It's, it's made a huge difference in terms of fighting in my house and just getting things done. I mean, there's still days that it's hard, Um, but, but you know, it is far more like the last, I don't know. I don't remember when you did that for me, but probably two, three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Right. Yeah. It's been so much more manageable since then. Like we noticed a difference in the first day. And the funny thing is like his teacher was doing that every single day with the kids when they would walk into the classroom and they would have the little cards and they would map out the day. And so 
you know, I, I can't believe I didn't even think to do that, you know, and, and like I said, the school said make a schedule, but it's like the way in which you positioned it and how to do it with the child and where he is at from a mental capacity perspective, I think made all the difference. Well, this is, this is good. I mean, listen, I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say you probably were not the only family in North America having any kind of argument <laughs> in the last 10 weeks. <laughs> Um, is there anything else, anything else you, you, you felt has changed for the better or you've had to change for the better? Yeah. I mean, I think for me, I, I really believe we've gotten a gift of time with the kids. Um, I'm saving two hours a day by not dropping off, picking up that sort of thing. And so that two hours is really, really a gift. I also feel like I'm not as cranky with the children because I'm not like, get your shoes on, get your lunchbox ready, get your folder right. ready, get out of the house. Um, I feel like that's made a really, really huge difference. Um, I think for me, it's really taught me, A, to be patient and B, like teachers are amazing people. I mean, I teach adults to an extent for a living, but, <laughs> you know, having the patience with little humans is very different for sure. And so I give teachers a lot of credit. Um, I just think, you know, we're, we're all, I've tried to have the outlook, like we're all in this together. So let's try and figure out a way where we can all get through this together and have the best time possible and be closer as a family. And it's just one of those things where no one expected this and we don't know what the future is going to hold. Um, so I'm just trying to be realistic and grounded and keeping myself as sane as possible. <laughs> if that's, if you can through all of this. Yeah, well, look, this isn't happening in a vacuum because we've got all this going on. And meanwhile, you can't go out to eat. Yep. You can't go to the beach. You can't play basketball. I mean, it, there's a laundry list of things you can't do. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about the future in a second. But, do, I, I mean, one thing, you've got relatively young children. Do you think, let's say you had, I, I don't know, 11 and 14-year-old. Yeah. That, that's the right spread, right about yeah. Um, do you, do you think the adaptations would have been different, bigger, smaller? It, 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 I mean, it's a hard question to answer, but no, I think they probably would be similar, right? Because the little one is, is always going to want to see what the, the big one is doing. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think my older son would try and teach my younger one. That's just kind of his nature. He's sweet. He's kind. He's very, um, rule following versus my younger one is more of like a little bit of a rebel. <laughs> um, in my house actually <laughs> <laughs> so I just I think that I think it would still be the same challenges because I think you have to figure out I think the biggest thing that I I hear over and over again is a the connection to their peers right is a struggle for kids I think b it's it's you have to figure out how to take that schedule and that structure from school and maintain it in your house right if you're not somebody who embraces structure or embraces a schedule, it's still a real challenge. And I think when you think about, oh yeah, I have a schedule, right? Like I have a schedule. I map out my day every day. Like I sit down and do that for myself as a business owner, but it's so much more, it adds a whole nother layer of complexity when you think about a kid and the subjects that they need to do and the spaces where they need to, to break or, you know, my son cruises through math, but it's slower for him to read and write. And so you don't know that as a parent necessarily 
having gone into this, right? And I don't think that mm -hmm. changes as kids get older. I think that's probably yeah. only amplified as kids get older. Um, because the, the, the challenge of school in an asynchronous way is only going to get harder as the kids have harder things to learn. Yeah. Well, I can tell you that for sure. A as a parent, <laughs> B as an, or maybe A as an educator, B as a parent or double A both. <laughs> the, um, well, look, anybody who's, who's been a, a fan or a subscriber listeners podcast knows I am very big on structure. I've identified all kinds of different subsets within the structure, time, physical, accountability, uh, academic, and support. And, and the, the thing that's nice is you're taking advantage of all of these. Let, let, let's, let's flash forward. So, you know, we're all pretty much just going to do this to the end of the school year, hopefully not too far beyond. But has this, how would you say this experience has changed how you might uh, educate or home educate, or maybe even bigger picture down the road. I, I, we don't know what's going to happen in September. I think the hope is everybody goes back to normal, but that might not be realistic either. Uh, so has this changed your, your viewpoint or your plans at all? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've always been somebody who's contemplated homeschooling, given everything that's happened. I think that I would probably... Um, depending upon what the, you know, the school plan is for fall, I can't imagine myself continuing to invest in private school without the community aspect of it, which was a big selling point for my family and I, mm -hmm. um, I don't, for me, the value of that investment from a distance <laughs> learning perspective is just not equal. I know that I can do, uh, I know as a parent that I could provide him a, a quality education and a distance learning perspective if that were to be the case. Like I know homeschooling, I can do a better job than they're doing with distance learning. Um, I feel real confident in that. And there's a ton of resources out there to do that. So that's something that my family is definitely contemplating. And I know a lot of the other people who I've spoken to are in this in similar situations as I am where they they can work from home and have more of a flexible schedule or they work for themselves are also contemplating that um, because you can get the you know you can get the friendship piece <laughs> um, and the play date piece in a different way but I think you know for the short term you know one to two years that's something that I would consider I don't think it's something I consider doing you know till he goes till either of them go to um, college or high school. But I think in the short term, I think that's definitely a viable option for me. I also think, you know, I just, I would love to see a school. <laughs> I'd love to see a model of a school that is just crushing it during this time, right? Because I think it is possible, but I think education is going to change drastically. I mean, the plans that they've rolled out so far for what September it is, is just not realistic in my opinion, for, for a six and a half year old, they're saying that they're going to sit in, in the seats and the teachers are going to rotate and everybody's going to have to stay six feet apart. And, you know, recess and PE are all going to be very, very different if they happen at all. And to me, I don't feel like it's a realistic expectation to have a six or set, he'll be seven at the time, a seven year old or an eight year old or a 10 year old or a 12 year old sitting in a desk all day. Um, I'm, and again, I'm not like a formal professor or <laughs> educator or anything like that, but I'm pretty, from a parenting perspective, that philosophically goes well, against. Yeah, everything. I don't think you need to be a doctorate in education to, 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 to guess that having a seven-year-old sit in a desk six straight hours probably isn't 
the ideal situation. Well, you and I can't sit at a desk for six <laughs> right, well, I was hours. Say, I, I was never so, one of my strengths either. Um, yeah. So you know, I just think it's setting kids up to fail, right? Like I know if my my seven year old sits at a desk all day, six and a half year old, whatever, he's gonna come out of school and be miserable and crazy and throwing tantrums. And you know, as the kid gets older, you know, it's only gonna be amplified what those tantrums are and the, yeah, the way yeah. in which they act out, you know. And so for me, I just I truly believe you gotta let kids be little, you know, and I realize that there is a pandemic going on, but <laughs> there's a balance in that too. What, what I've learned speaking to a lot of parents, and, it, and it's somewhat polarizing too, is that some some parents have kind of embraced this secondary or even primary role as a home educator. The other side of it, some of them just they, they don't want anything to do with it. They, they you know they especially with older kids, go do your work. You know, um, you know they, they they're really not. Uh, teaching in, in the same sense that you're kind of overseeing it. Uh, I, I do think there's going to be some big paradigm shifts. I, I'm not positive what they're going to be, but but I, I think one of the things you brought up that's interesting is is you kind of had a taste of homeschooling. Mm-hmm. You know, now you have something to compare to. Homeschooling has been around forever. Um, it kind of goes in and out in terms of percentage, roughly 10% of the United States homeschools, just to throw that out. You, It's in, higher and lower in certain pockets. Um, I guess we're at a hundred or whatever now, but under normal, <laughs> under normal circumstances, it's around 10%. Uh, anything else you, you want to add? Anything else that, that just you think is, is important for other people to know? Yeah. I, I mean, I think you and I are aligned philosophically in terms of, of how we, we both believe, and I know that you preach this a lot, but I think it's important to be part of your, your child's education, right. And, and be an active participant in that. And so I mm-hmm. think, you know, I'm, I'm a learner. My husband and I, my husband's a learner. We both have master's degrees. So, we, you know, one of the things that we've really embraced in all of this is just, there's tons of learning opportunities everywhere if you're willing to see them as such. And so just shifting our mindset around that has made a huge difference. And I think, you know, the more that you're going to partake in your child's life and education and all of those things. I mean, I can't tell you how happy my child is that I'm taking an active role in this. It's like really shifted his whole being right. Mm-hmm. And, and in terms of school and he'll, he had a call with a one-on-one call with his teacher this morning. He's like, look at what my mom helped me read. Look at what my mom helped me do this. Look at, <laughs> you know, and it's like, I, I think that that's, it, I would have never had that prior to this. And so it raises an interesting point because we, we haven't really thought of it this way, but what do you, what do you think he thinks? What do you think your child's perspective? Like if you asked him, do you want to go back to school? Do you want to stay home? What do you think he would say? He doesn't sure you- want, yeah, he doesn't want to go back to school, but he wants to see his friends. So he wants the social piece, but not the. Yeah. So he, he wants to have like a birthday party with his friends or a hangout with his friends, but he's not super interested in going back to school. He misses certain aspects of it. So he'll be like, oh, I miss science, but they have this really awesome lab space that they go into for science. Mm-hmm. Like there are certain, you know, physical aspects that he missed. But if you were to, if I were to pull him up here, he'd be like, no, I don't want to go back to school. <laughs> <laughs> Unequivocal answer. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I like the, the older kids, the high school kids and the college kids I talk to, that, that, you, the social piece is the first thing they say. Yeah. Or in some case, sports, you know, plays, you know, that. I haven't had a kid say to me, yeah, I really miss chemistry class or, yeah, I, I can't wait to go to history. Um, 
All right, Steve Green, the Make the Great Podcast. My guest, Jamie Palmer. Jamie, I want to really thank you for your time coming on, your perspectives. I, I think, um, to me at least, super helpful. Um, I, I think what you're voicing is what I'm hearing from a lot of other parents, but 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 I think your perspective is also very interesting with younger child. Um, any, any last words? Anything we left out, didn't talk about, you want to talk about? I don't think so. I just think, you know, uh, uh, the best 39, 37, I don't remember how much your virtual learning plans are, but best 39, $37 I've spent. So if in, and Steve is not paying me to say this, um, <laughs> seriously, <I'm not. laughs> it's, been, it's been a game changer for my family and the suggestions. I was like, duh, why didn't I think of that? You know, and some of it's very simple, but if you implement it and you work it, you know, it makes a huge difference for the family dynamic at home. And so, um, I highly recommend that. And I just think, you know, it's, it's hard, stick with it, do it, do the best you can, like just give yourself grace as a parent. That's really been my motto during all of this. Like, and that's all you can do <laughs> is do the best you can. Well, the key is you establish a system, you establish a structure, then you work it consistently, which doesn't just apply to school. It really applies to any pursuit. Uh, what she's referring to is a virtual home learning plan that I have put together. Uh, is available to anyone. You would simply go to makethegrade.net. You'll see a big thing that says virtual home learning plan. Uh, you would then complete a survey. The survey I look at, it addresses nine or 10 components of home learning. You get a two or three page report and you can, like everything with this podcast and in my business, put into action right away. That's the whole key. So, Again, Jamie, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. This uh, was a conversation with a parent with a child amidst the shut-in of COVID-19, her experiences. Uh, I, I hope to have this as a series with several parents getting their perspective. So if you're listening and you would like to share your experience, that would be great. Uh, last time, thanks again. Thanks for coming on. And uh, we'll be with you next time. Last thing, uh, if you enjoyed what you heard today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Please consider sharing it. I honestly believe the more parents, the more families that get this information, the more people it can help and the more successful students and children we will have out there in the world. So Steve Green, the Success Doctor and Matri Podcast, signing off for this episode. See you next time. You've been listening to Make the Grade with the success doctor, Stephen Green. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe. For more resources and support, please visit makethegrade.net.